It's episode 531 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Today I want to explore whether you can use your gravel bike in cyclocross. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. It is getting to that time of year. Unfortunately, it's getting to that time of year. I rode the Club League race last Wednesday. The Club League race for me has always felt like summer. You know, when someone says, sketch a wee little picture of summer, it's me cycling out to the Club League race in my shorts and jersey. It's bright going out and I'm riding home with the lads and it's still bright and you potentially even stop for a beer that summer. The end of summer for me is signalled riding home from the Club League race. You get home and it's pitch black dark. And last week, I rode the last 15, 20 minutes where I had to walk, I had to ride on footpaths, sidewalks all the way home. Uh, well, not all the way home, last 15, 20 minutes because it was just pitch, pitch black dark. So the end of summer means the start of something else, cyclocross season. I've never actually raced cyclocross and I've had a bunch of messages this year saying, am I racing cyclocross? Because I've obviously been quite vocal and public about how much I'm loving gravel. I'm going to pin the numbers on and do an event this weekend here in Ireland out in Galway on Saturday and then off to Badlands the week after and then have a few more little surprises thrown in before the season ends. But I wanted to respond to that idea of am I doing cyclocross this season because in previous years I would have just said no, absolutely I'm not doing cyclocross. But I think there's a little bit more of a complex decision-making criteria that you can unpack as to whether you're doing cyclocross or not. It's like, you know, firstly, should you do cyclocross? Like, we'll address the merits of that first before we move on to second because we've seen Matthew van der Poel, Wout van Aert, Tom Pidcock. These guys are popularizing it and the sports and exercise physiology is caught up with it. And previously people would have said, you know, it's a disastrous idea riding high intensity all winter. What you need to do all winter is go back, take a huge break, put on a load of weight and then ride around in the little ring until January, at which point you can start layering in some intensity and we can build in a traditional periodization system of three weeks on, one week off. And that's how you build road cyclists. MVP, Wout van Aert, they've ripped it up. Everything has changed. They're showing you you can do intensity all winter long and still be the best bike riders in the world come July for the Tour de France. So should you do it? Potentially, because it's not bad for you. So let's move on to the next hurdle of, you know, you're going into it and do you want to take it seriously? Because it's different if you want to take it seriously, if you want to go in and actually peak for a races versus you want to extend your season. For me, historically, why I decided not to do it, I was for a long time trying to climb this cycling ladder. And I was trying to progress up through the categories, cat four, cat three, cat two, cat one. Then you get to cat one, you're like, now what? Now, you know, put the rest of my life on hold, go riding the bike full time. Yeah, that was a good idea. But this is what you're doing and you're chasing these marginal gains all the time, but you're doing this all winter long and then you're doing it all season long. You're traveling to races, it's intervals, it's coaching calls, it's sessions, it's intoxicating. And by the time you get to September, even if you make it to September, some years I felt totally burnt out by even the start of August. If you make it to the end of September, start of October, you're just totally ruined. You're mentally fatigued, you're physically fatigued. You're just 
the drain on you from waking up every day, looking at training peaks or today's plan, seeing what the session is, executing the session, that mental drain, it, it's a weight on your shoulders. And you get to the end of the season and you just cannot wait to get the bike, put it in the deepest, darkest closet you can find and say, that's it. I'm on winter break and really let the hair down and enjoy yourself. Have a few beers, catch up with the relationships that have kind of atrophied through the year because this could be relationships, you know, romantic ones or with family or with friends because I put so much into the bike for so many years. I let friendships drift by the wayside and really important friendships or family relationships or romantic ones that I had allowed to fall apart during the season. That was my firefighting time in the off season to rekindle that, to say, do you want to go for a weekend away? You know, do you want to, you know, go to a match, Dad? Do you want to play a round of golf? It's this sort of stuff that you can do in the off season. And if you go straight into cyclocross, you can't do all that. So firstly, what I'd be thinking is an assessment of how difficult, and when I say difficult, I mean both mentally and physically taxing the season has been. If you're mentally or physically taxed by the season, just forget about the idea of cyclocross. If you're not, then you move to step two, like we we're talking about. Well, how serious do you want to take it? And for me this year, I am not mentally fatigued. I'm not physically fatigued at all. I've only started back training. I'm so motivated and hungry for road. But it's like, do I want to go in and do cyclocross? Yeah, potentially. How serious do I want to take it? Not serious at all. I want to extend the season and I want to keep having a bit of fun and also try something that I've never tried before because there's something beauty about that beginner's mindset because I'm going in and week one, I'm going to have a starting point and week two, I'm going to be better than that starting point, one would hope. And I'm going to see progression into week three, week four. I'm not going to look back and go, oh, 10 years ago, I used to be able to ride this lap at this time and now I'm a minute slower. So not having those reference points is brilliant. It was a large motivation for me starting gravel. No reference points. When I go back and do the rift next time, I can be like, okay, last year I placed here. Let's reference it against that. But I don't have that for cyclocross, which is all brilliant. Then I move on to the next point of going, well, okay, so this is quite a narrow window. We're looking at October to kind of Christmas for cyclocross. And do you have a budget for this? And do you have a desire to buy a new bike? And that's where I get to today's podcast uh, sort of topic of can we repurpose a gravel bike? Because for me, I'm living in an apartment, both myself and Sarah are cycling. So even looking around now, like I have a Watt bike, I have a Wahoo kicker, I have commuting bike, I have Brompton, road bike, Sarah's road bike, my gravel bike, my mountain bike in an apartment. It's a lot. Do I want to add a cyclocross bike in there, which I'm going to use for three months of the year for something I'm not going to take very seriously? Probably not. Unless I get into this and I'm like, okay, I actually really enjoy it and I need a second bike for the bike changes and stuff within the race. But for now, I'm like, what? Well, is there a way I can use my gravel bike to, you know, test the water and see if I actually like this? And I think there is. So I'm using a Canyon Grail at the moment. What I don't love about it is the double bar setup because I think that may make it awkward for carrying the bike on stairs and stuff like that. But I want to break this down if you have a gravel bike and you're thinking of cyclocross this year, even just a couple of races, are going to do a training session to see is your bike fit for purpose. So the, I think the considerations to look at are what tires are you using? Like I'm running 44C tires at the moment and I'm going to run those in Badlands. 44C tires could be great in some cyclocross conditions for the mud because it's going to give you a very steady base to go around corners. The problem with cyclocross is there's a lot of corners. There's a lot of slowing down and getting back up to speed. That's basically all cyclocross is. 
into a corner, slowing down, back up to speed. You could have 25 to 35 corners in a race. That's a lot of slowing down and getting back up to speed. And the limitation of wide tires, like 44s, like I'm riding, as opposed to like standard 35s, like you'd see in cyclocross, is they take a lot longer to accelerate. And with that amount of corners, 0.5 seconds through a corner, 25, 30 times on a lap, that ends up being a big, big difference over the course of a lap. So you need to bring you need to bring your tire width down for cyclocross. Not a huge expense. So so far it's like, okay, we could make this gravel bike work. Secondly, consideration, it's a uh, drivetrain. So I'm running a two-by drivetrain. That means I have two chain rings on the front. I'm running DI2 on the front, or front and back also, even though quit on me in the rift story for another day ran a diagnostic check and showing up no errors but story for another day as i say so i'm running a two by which is probably not ideal for cyclocross because it means my rear mech doesn't have a clutch built in and it's probably going to cause me a little more problems than a one by drivetrain especially on mucky days but given that it's 11 speed or you might be running 12 speed you're going to still have plenty of gear choice. So gear choice isn't going to be a consideration. It's going to be more to drivetrain efficiency consideration. But you know what? All in all, you're going to be able to get away with it. And it's going to be a marginal difference unless you're contending at the very front of the races. And even then, only on certain days when it's super mucky, will that one boy be a benefit as opposed to the two boy. Like there's still pros that win cyclocross races on two boy. So yeah, like so far we're pretty good. All we need is a set of tires and we're good. And the last consideration, I think, is geometry. So there's two parts of this that I think are important. We've got head tube angle. So most gravel bikes, you think about a gravel bike as it, it's almost a cruiser. It's this stretched out, laid back, designed for long straight roads and long days. I'm picturing like, you know, Route 66 and those long choppers that are really elongated. Well, the head tube angle, that's what gives it that elongated feeling. Most gravel bikes are rocking like a 70.5 degrees head tube angle, whereas cyclocross bikes are rocking about a 72 head tube angle. So that's a little bit steeper. And the steeper head tube angle, the benefit of it is you can really like carve in around those tight turns and it's so responsive around the front. So you think it's laid back cruiser versus more compressed punchy around those corners. That's one thing to consider, but you know, it's 70.5 to 72, not a huge difference again. The other one is bottom bracket height. CX bikes traditionally have a, are a little bit higher on the bottom bracket for extra mud clearance, whereas again, the gravel's more lengthened and chilled out like that long beachy cruiser. So it's a little bit lower to the ground. It's not an impossible barrier to overcome either. All in all, if you're an out and out, you know, cyclocross god and you're looking at hitting podiums or you're looking at being really competitive and you have an unlimited budget yeah go for it get a cyclocross bike especially if you don't live in an apartment like me and you can cram another one into your garage but you will get away with the gravel bike it looks like they make no mistake they are different bikes and one is going to perform different to the other you're adding up we talk about marginal gains all the time in the podcast you're adding up small things like the one boy small things like the different head tube angle like the the clearance for mode at the bottom maybe on one race it doesn't make a huge difference but it will add up over the course of multiple races and actually you know what it'll add up over the course of multiple laps as well so i was talking nonsense there it will make a difference but it's going to make a marginal difference and depending on what your goal is it could be a way to dip your toe into the cyclocross scene without breaking the bank that's my plan anyway so you may see me at one or two cyclocross races this year watch this space 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. This podcast really wouldn't be possible without our amazing listeners who have contributed to the running of this podcast since its inception over on Patreon. So thank you for everybody that has subscribed over there. You make this podcast possible. If you haven't subscribed yet, it takes about 60 seconds and it really keeps this show on the road. So you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. Buy me the price of a pint of beer once per month. It's not a lot to ask if you're getting value from the show. This works out at less than 25 cents per episode. So go to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. And as always, on anything I mention on the show, the link is in the show notes.